Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth, with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective honestly and respectfully. Hi, Ira Shapiro. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth. We're so grateful to have you here today. You're going to talk about your best-selling book, The Betrayal, how Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans have abandoned uh, America and, uh, you know, and the country. So what can we do about that? Um, you're going to share your expertise in studying the Senate for many, 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 many moons. And, you know, a lot of Americans don't realize that the Senate and the Congress are there to serve us. They're supposed to be servants. Um, and they've kind of forgotten that. And I see a lot of people treating the Senate and the congressmen like kind of celebrities. And we want to get it on equal footing where we get the uh, people saying, hey, who do we get up there to represent us and, and are, you know, looking out for our best interests? Uh, tell us, what even prompted you to write your book, though? I'm curious. Christina, thanks for having me with you. Um, <laughs> I confess to getting hooked on the Senate early. Oh. I went through, I'm old enough to have gone through the last constitutional crisis, Vietnam morphing into Watergate. I was in college and lost in law school at that time. The Senate was a beacon of hope for a lot of people. And I worked there as an intern. I got interested in it and I came back and worked 12 years late for 12 years, had a wonderful experience, and then went on to do other things. And then looped back later, disturbed about the decline of the Senate, I wrote my first book, which came out 10 years ago, and I've written two more since then, uh, describing the downward arc of the Senate. 
Mm. And I think the Senate's failure, and which is a profound failure, mm. has, is really central to destabilizing our political system. Hmm. You know, is it the same for Congress? I don't know if you looked much into that. Is there also a, a downward turn well, to the Congress as well? or No doubt that the, mm -hmm. the other House, the House of Representatives, mm -hmm. has also gone down. But yeah. the difference is that the House was supposed to be a partisan, majoritarian institution. Mm -hmm. The Senate was supposed to be a place where the parties could come together and work out the most difficult problems through essentially extended, not unlimited debate, principled compromise, etc. Mm -hmm. The Senate used to work that way, but mm -hmm. it stopped working that way a long time ago. And when it stopped, when it became hyper-partisan and gridlocked, mm -hmm. it threw the whole system out of gear. Yeah. And so my, while my book this book focuses on its failure during the Trump presidency. Mm -hmm. It's a longer playing story. So it's, it didn't just happen in the past several no. years. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I'm wondering, is there a way to change this? Like, I know that when I talk to people, they're like, I'm on the red team or the blue team. Is there a way to not have to have a blue or red team that we can? Because for myself, I was listed as an independent forever. And I got away from the Democratic Party because I didn't want to be stuck in a hole. I wanted to be like, I'm outside of the two party system. Is there any way to get away from that two party system? Or are we just doomed to just choose one side or the other? It's a great question. Mm. Um, I've thought of various models and but I think for the foreseeable future, we have the red team and the blue team. And although I've floated different ideas about moderate Republicans being more constructive, I think pro the problem is basically that at this point, the Democrats, they have to elect Democratic senators and defeat Republican senators. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never liked the idea of the Republican Democrat da 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 two team because when I talk to people, they're, 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 it's they treat it like it's like a football team. This is my football team. This is my team, and I'm like, I wish we stopped looking at the Senate and the Congress as team members that we're like sitting there on a Sunday cheering for instead of thinking who can I choose that's actually representing my values, and if they're not, kick them out of office. And when I talk to people, they're like, Yeah, that's cool, but if I vote for this like independent, they'll just never get in so i'm just going to vote for you know eh, someone i'll just deal with or settle with and and so we've become a, a nation of just settling for and be like ah, eh, it's the best we can get well i think it's i think that's true but i think it's actually worse oh man i think the parties <laughs> the reason the senate the first senate i wrote wrote about the mm -hmm. last great senate the 60s and the 70s worked because the parties weren't that far apart Mm -hmm. And there was more possibility for making agreements across party lines. Mm -hmm. Over time, the parties polarized and they got really far apart. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're separated geographically, they're separated racially, they're separated ideologically. Mm -hmm. There isn't much that can be done about that in the short term, mm -hmm. but that's what may that's what made it important for senators to function like real senators, focused on the national interest and mm. not just their party. Mm. But they've stopped 
doing that. Yeah. The Republicans basically gave up on their mm. responsibility to the nation. Mm. They stood by and allowed President Trump to rampage mm. uh, during his term, wage war on our democracy, mm. and they didn't intervene in the way that the senators should have intervened and how they did during Watergate. Mm -hmm. Now, um, when you say uh, Trump rampaged and, you know, was pushing through and the Republicans weren't like holding him accountable, in what way was he pushing things that were not ideal for the U United States public? And where should they have like jumped in to resolve things? Well, mm -hmm. from the beginning of Trump's term, it was clear that he had an unusual relationship with Russia. And we had a president who was very friendly toward Putin and was basically undermining the NATO alliance. And there were investigations of that. They started out doing a reasonable job investigating it. Um, mm -hmm. But after Robert Mueller, the special counsel's report came out and somewhat fizzled, the senators sort of washed their hands of everything that was going on. Yeah. Even though they had great doubts about what Trump's relationship with Russia mm -hmm. meant. Well, then, you then know, it's interesting. Get... It's interesting because all of that was brought forth that, you know, he had a conversation. Was this uh, some hanky panky going on behind with Russia? And he's saying some nice things about the president of uh Russia? Is there something funky here? And, you know, it carried on with uh, two impeachments and a lot of trials and a lot of push against, you know, what's going on here. And there really wasn't brought any forth any evidence that he was guilty of anything. Um, well, mm -hmm. first of all, neither of the trials actually focused on Trump and Russia. One focused on his effort to shake down President Zelensky of Ukraine. That was the first trial, right? Mm -hmm. He was trying to convince Zelensky to put pressure on the Bidens, particularly when Joe Biden was going to be the most likely nominee against him. The second trial was about his role in inciting the insurrection. The senators mm -hmm. couldn't even convict him of something that everyone had seen in plain sight. And what was that in plain sight? The incitement of the January 6th insurrection at the mm -hmm. Capitol. Yeah. Now, and, from what, what what did you see in that that was an insurrection? Because I, I saw on TV that people were getting together. They weren't happy with the results. Now, we had someone on recently. He's a professor, I think, in Colorado University who said at that point, January 6th is really the counting of Congress to come together, count the votes. It's already a done deal. There's no there's not going to be a change at that point that, oh, we're going to flip it. It's going to go to the other side if it's not valid. We would have had to bring this up to the courts or resolve it before January 6th. Most Americans aren't familiar with uh, how right. the system works. So they're like up in arms, upset about it. And if you are OK and you're going to stand out there and, and, and you know, say your beef. But for the most part, I wasn't seeing like burning downs of towns or rampages through D.C. or cities throughout America being we didn't get our way we're going to burn the streets down. So I didn't really see what the news was talking about as far as, oh, there's an insurrection. They're trying to steal back the, the, you know, the country. I saw some unhappy people and, yes. you know, and the cops opening up the door well, and saying, come you, on in. But uh, yeah. how did you see it? 
-hmm. Well, I didn't see it that way, but I would ask, <laughs> I, I guess I would ask whether you've seen any of the recent January 6th committee hearings, which mm -hmm. basically over the past few weeks have laid out the degree to which there was a conspiracy to stop the transfer of peaceful the peaceful transfer of power mm -hmm. and a conspiracy to essentially bring together an insurrection at the capitol which trump did not stop and indeed mm -hmm. seemed very happy to have happening i think it's important for you and your audience to look at some of those hearings, which are the most current evidence of this. From my standpoint, we had evidence before that, and I mm -hmm. describe it in my book, Irish, Irish, www.irishshapiroauthor.com was the website. But I, I describe it in my book, but the recent hearings make it quite clear just mm -hmm. what the peril to our democracy was. Yeah, I mean, people bringing forth allegations doesn't present proof that this is actually, and also there was also, you know, FBI being involved and such. Um, so there's some hairy things, but I suggest everyone look at it for themselves. Uh, read your book, go out and get your book today, because there are definitely problems. And I, I agree with your book that we definitely need to fix the Senate and, uh, and have both the Senate, the Congress, working on behalf of the people, not the other way around. And I see that Americans have tend to see, you know, elected officials as somewhat celebrities, like, oh, can I get your autograph? Stand here with my baby. And I'm like, dudes, they, these guys are here really to work for us, not the other way around. I'd like that well, we begin to hold all uh, politicians accountable. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I do think they're the senators are celebrities for certain reasons. But they ought to remember what their ultimate responsibility is. Yeah. And they're not supposed to just be members of a party. They're not supposed to only represent their state. They're supposed to be focused on the national interest. And the argument of my book is their highest responsibility was to make sure that we didn't have a president that was overreaching and becoming a threat to our democracy. Now, isn't the Congress, uh, isn't the Senate's uh, job really not just focused on that? Because the president, and this is what makes me nervous about when a president starts signing executive orders and in recent history with Obama, President Trump, and even Biden, really they're there to be the commander in chief of the military, make sure that we have a strong military and to be the face of America. But really, as far as, you know, whether we go to war or something, Congress is supposed to vote on that. So each branch was supposed to have their duties and one should not be crossing over to another, like, you know, signing executive orders and laws, because then it just skews the reason why we had the check and balances and the three branches of government. We wanted it to be separate so that one didn't kind of verge into another and it's kind of become all yeah. combobbled. No, I think I think that's true. But from my standpoint, what we've seen is the hyper-partisanship and the gridlock has paralyzed the Congress, which has destabilized the system. When the Congress doesn't work, the presidents who want to do something and can't get any legislation through mm. may resort to executive orders. When the Congress doesn't work, the courts, and particularly the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. start playing a disproportionately large role. So yeah. 
The Congress has failed us in many respects, but I believe that the Senate has been at the center of all those problems. Now, you know what I'm thinking, Ira? Maybe a good thing is that we, I don't know how this could happen because I'm pretty sure that the Senate or the Congress is not gonna vote themselves out of a gravy train. In most cases, if they've been in office for like a long time, but how can we make sure that maybe we have, um, how do you call it, term limits like we do for the president? I think like, you know, boom, you work for two terms and then you don't get to run again because you're done. Another person gets to take a turn. Is there a well, way we could go? Yeah, no, look, <laughs> I've never really favored term limits until recently. Hmm. I'm getting more sympathetic to them. Yeah. <laughs> Have you thought about running yourself by by chance? Because you studied so much the, you know, our system of government. And... I ran myself twenty years ago for Congress uh -huh. in a great race in Maryland, but I didn't win. And mm -hmm. at this point, I actually believe that the system has too many old people in it anyway. <laughs> no, no, you don't. The last yeah. thing you need is another person who's older than seventy years old. We need. 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, et cetera. People need to step up yeah. and other leaders need to actually be ready to pass the torch. Boom. We have we have a senator in Iowa, Chuck Grassley, who's mm -hmm. 88, Whoa. who has decided he has to run for another six years. That's oh my gosh. Not good judgment. No, and not to mention, uh, could he even get around? I mean, most there's some people who are really good health, I guess. There's a seven-year-old yeah, bodybuilder. But, <laughs> but it's, you know, your judgment isn't good if you're running at 88 for six mm. years. And it's not going to get any better as you approach age 95. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. What can people do? Like, because I know, like I said before, I, I think if you're in this gravy train, you've been doing it 30 years or whatever, you're yeah. like, I don't want to give up being on the Senate or Congress. So how do we, the people like bring vote them out? We vote them out. You vote them yeah. out. I mean, the first there are no term limits, as you note. Mm -hmm. So you count, first of all, on people's willingness to have show some restraint and say, well, I've been here 30 years. That's a good run, but it's time to pass the mantle to someone else. Mm -hmm. Well, if somebody doesn't have that good judgment, then it's up to the voters to say, we actually don't need you for six more years. It's time for a change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I've talked to a number of people when it comes to voting time. Yeah, I mean, regard. Oh, I'm sorry. I Your your video slowed up. I thought you I, stopped. I think yeah, sorry about that. Your video stopped. I thought you stopped yeah, talking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say that uh, I've talked to a number of voters before whatever election time we have, where there's um, local or state, and they're like, yeah, I don't really like who we have, but, you know, I know them. They've been running. It's not so bad. <laughs> and so it's kind of the same thing. This happened when I was in New York and, and Mayor de Blasio was running, and majority of Americans or New Yorkers, excuse me, I talked to were like, eh, I don't like him, but I know him. I'll take him. And I, I'm thinking that's just the sentiment that is gets us into trouble. Uh, it's a good idea. Okay, we don't know this person. How about we pass the reins to someone we don't know, do a little research and say, let's give this person a shot. We don't like him in two years. We vote him out. But as you point out, I mean, at least with de Blasio, mm -hmm. there was a two-term limit. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of limit. And we have most states, not all, but most states have a limit on governors, mayors, mm -hmm. et cetera. Presidents have limits. Yeah. Grassley, who I mentioned, will 
is already served five times longer than any president is allowed to. Wow. More than 40 years. What's that about? That's crazy. So, There's quite a, f- a few of those old dinosaurs in there. But yeah, you've given a lot of food of for thought for our audience. I really hope that they educate themselves. Don't fall into this person is, or this is the right way to think, or that's the right way to think. Just go deeper into it. Read your book. Where can they get a copy of The Betrayal, How Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans Abandoned? Is it Abandoned the U.S.? I think I lost Abandoned that. America. Abandoned America. The, yeah. best How- way to get, the best way to get it probably is to order it by through Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Awesome. And do you have a uh, website? It's in the bookstores, but it's harder to get it there. Awesome. Do you have a website as well? Yes. www.irishapiroauthor.com. Can't miss that. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. We really need as Americans to take back our own country. And that, that requires everyone doing their own work, their own research, going out there, reading your book, reading more than your book, just getting out there and researching for themselves and then holding our elected officials accountable. All well, of them. Thank I you. think that's right, Christina. And thanks so much for having me and letting me reach your audience. You betcha. You have a great day, Ira Shapiro. And thank you for coming to Savvy Broadcasting Forbidden Speech. Thank you. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Forbidden Speech or Savvy episodes, visit SavvyBroadcasting.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at LifeUnscriptedRadio.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.